President Biden's speech regarding January 6th gives us an opportunity to once again observe how America is being attacked from within. We'll look at the game plan as well as cover the federal government's possible involvement in making the so-called insurrection possible in today's analysis behind the news where we provide the perspective and the plan to save American liberty and independence. Yahoo News reported President Biden on Thursday marked the first anniversary of the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol with a passionate speech in which he assailed former President Donald Trump for pushing the web of lies that fueled the attack and for doing nothing to stop the deadly siege. Biden said of President Trump, we must be absolutely clear about what is true and what is a lie. And here's the truth. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interest is more important than his country's interest and America's interest, and because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our Constitution. Well, that's rich, isn't it? Because in a different context, Biden could be talking about himself and what his fellow globalists are trying to do to this country. They spread a web of lies throughout the country regarding the 2016 election and Russian interference. They have actively sought to enrich themselves on the backs of American taxpayers and through so-called investments from foreign countries and companies, especially from America's number one enemy, China. They also have jettisoned the Founding Fathers' framework of limited government and concept of federalism for democracy. And folks, all of this adds up to treason. But what's even more disturbing are allegations that January 6th was turned into an entrapment plot by the FBI. Revolver.News has done some explosive reporting about an alleged FBI operative and five other ringleaders. Its deep dive into a gentleman by the name of Ray Epps was initially published at the end of October. A part two came out mid-December. They reported on December 18th, out of all of the thousands of January 6th protesters and the thousands of hours of publicly available footage from that fateful day, Ray Epps has turned out to be perhaps the only person nailed dead to rights confessing on camera to plotting a pre-planned attack on the Capitol. On both January 5 and January 6, Epps announced multiple times at multiple locations his upcoming plot to breach the U.S. Capitol. He then spent hours attempting to recruit hundreds of others to join him. On top of it all, Epps was seen leading key people and managing key aspects of the initial breach of the Capitol grounds himself. Out of this footage, he is seen potentially collaborating with what seems to be operatives who each have specific jobs, one of whom was seen taking down police barricades, fencing, and signs that indicate a police line that is not to be crossed. As Revolver points out, these were taken down 20 minutes prior to Trump's speech being completed, so when the speech attendees made their way over to the Capitol protest, they would not have come into contact with these signs, ultimately walking into a trap. Other alleged operatives, none of whom are being sought by the FBI or who have been charged, were integral in convincing the crowd to move forward and then to go into the Capitol. As Revolver concludes about Mr. Epps, if Epps turns out to have been some kind of government operative, which at present is the only clean and simple explanation for his immunity, it is game over for the official mega-insurrection narrative of 1-6. 
Epps was the day's loudest riot recruiter and its apparent leader on the very first breach of Capitol grounds. If Ray Epps is a Fed, the insurrection becomes the Fedsurrection in one fell swoop. Federal provocateurs have been used as a tool to entrap many Americans. The Washington Post reported on November 11, 1996, since the Oklahoma City bombing, April 19, 1995, the FBI, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and other federal law enforcement agencies have embarked on a preemptive strategy to uncover domestic terrorist conspiracies while they are in the planning stages. This strategy requires aggressive and potentially controversial tactics as investigators infiltrate groups and bring charges on the basis of allegedly criminal plans that are conceived but not carried out. Every step, according to current and former federal officials, involves balancing the pressure to prevent another outrage like Oklahoma City against the danger of exaggerating the threat posed by militia groups and potentially violating their civil rights. Now, the New American reported on this very same thing in its March 3, 1997 issue. It reported, the new federal anti-terrorism strategy has resulted in the arrest, prosecution, and in some cases, conviction of militia members on conspiracy charges in Georgia, Arizona, Washington, and West Virginia. However, it has also produced convincing evidence that the federal informants have acted as agents provocateurs, urging militia members to undertake potentially criminal actions. When watching footage of Mr. Epps as well as others, their actions do exactly that, urge others to undertake potentially criminal actions. As the Revolver's December article noted, historically speaking, when feds have orchestrated fake mobs of fake protesters or contrived fake conspiratorial plots, the feds' own assets have commonly comprised between 16% to 25% of the plot's participants, at least in its key respects. Indeed, the FBI once flew in 1,600 rowdy spooks to infiltrate a single convention with just 10,000 protesters. In recent times, attacks blamed on right-wing militias have blown past the 16% mark on the Fed's saturation index and have been clocking in at a whopping 25 to 50%. As Revolver has previously noted, students of FBI history should quickly absorb the lesson that infiltrating Feds are like roaches. Whenever you spot one, it is guaranteed there are dozens of others nearby. Feds simply never, ever operate alone. This is how you end up with at least 12 FBI informants in a tiny right-wing Michigan militia plot from October 2020. That's just informants, not even agents. 15 informants in the right-wing 2016 Malher plot. Dozens in the 2014 Bundy Ranch affair, including six FBI undercover agents posing as fake documentarians shooting a fake documentary. And the list goes on. Revolver does a great job in presenting the possibilities of federal entrapment for January 6th and urges defense attorneys for the January 6th defendants to do their own investigations and begin to introduce this evidence in court. But let's take a step back to see why any federal government agency would be involved in this. The truth of the matter is that operatives of the deep state within the federal government have had a war on the founding principles of this country for quite some time, as well as those that advocate for it. What has been used by the CIA as tactics in foreign countries is certainly being used domestically. The CIA has an infamous history of creating fake front groups, 
disseminating propaganda to start and fuel revolutions, essentially creating shadow governments, all in a scheme to protect American interests, we're told. But that's not the advice our founding fathers gave us. They said we should not be interfering with another country, but to establish good relations through commerce, peace, and friendship. But when you seek to create a new world order, as described by globalists who want to see world government, the advice from the founders, as well as their structure and vision for Americanism, gets thrown right out the window. For decades, the globalists have helped to build China into the superpower it is. And now, many are openly postulating how China will take America's leadership role within the world order. As one of the leading mouthpieces for the globalists, the Foreign Affairs Journal from the Council on Foreign Relations recently published, liberal democracies really do need to assume that they will not retake the catbird seat of the inter international order anytime soon. And so the question becomes not whether the liberal order will change, but on whose terms. On whose terms indeed. If globalists get their way, the United States gets turned into a cog in the wheel of a new world order, subservient to a world government with our God-given rights and system of government destroyed. So where does President Biden stand on all this? Well, back in 2013, he suggested creating a new world order. Let's take a listen. These institutions that uh, the affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order because the global order is changing again. And the institutions and rules that worked so well in the post-World War II era for decades, uh, they need to be strengthened and some have to be changed. So why wouldn't the deep staters, the globalists, the internationalists, the leftists all want to strengthen their tyrannical grip on this nation? Communists have a long history of launching a revolution over a period of many years, thus drawing out their main opposition. They help to organize the opposition in order to control it and then to neutralize that side as a whole, all the while keeping the focus away from what they really are doing. While we would hardly call those that have been caught in the January 6th trap as leaders of the opposition, they certainly are being made an example, as are those who stand up against the unconstitutional vaccine mandates. Unfortunately, many countries around the world did not wake up in time before experiencing the onslaught of communist revolution. But folks, it doesn't have to be that way. As referenced in our monthly member directive bulletin, the former head of Fidel Castro's Cuban Air Force, Major Pedro Diaz-Lanz, sadly told an acquaintance following his defection that if there had been even one chapter of the John Birch Society in Havana prior to 1959 working to expose Castro as JBS founder Robert Welch was at the time, Cuba would not have fallen to communism. Diaz-Lanz asserted that he and thousands of others fell for Castro because there was no one to tell them who he really was. Although the warnings raised by Robert Welch and his fledgling Birch Society were ignored, the episode nevertheless represents an accomplishment of sorts in that it placed on the record early confirmation of Mr. Welch's credibility and a classic example of how the American people have been misled about the communist menace by the liberal media and key political leaders. Folks, the American people continue to be misled. The more the federal government continues to operate outside of its constitutional limitations without opposition, the more Americans will continue to get hurt 
and the quicker the United States will cease to be an independent republic. This country has been steadily attacked since its founding, and thanks to tyranny of the last two years, many Americans are waking up. Yet the sounds of revolution continue to echo through the halls of Congress and in many federal agencies who claim to be part of the steady state or deep state. This can only be stopped with organized opposition, and the John Birch Society has a successful history of protecting the republic. With your help, we can absolutely stop this destructive course. So join the John Birch Society today and help stop this tyranny. Links are in the video description. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society, and until next time, stay informed, stay active, and be bold, patriots.